1: Every time.
2: A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com and get ready, because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1.
0: On this week's episode, some pain in the future for PlayStation 5 owners. Why 2021 could be Marvel's biggest gamble yet. And are you ready to get into some Dungeons and Dragons? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
3: Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm.
0: Welcome to the PCC Multiverse, and we're back with another episode of the PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great programs, and we've had a big couple of weeks. And we cannot thank you enough for listening to all of our great shows including all the NBA draft coverage, including our upcoming NBA 2020 mock draft with not one, not two, not three, but four great draft experts. That's coming up on the Lakers Fast Break and also later on on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. I have also have an NFL 2020 draft preview on the Inside Sports Fantasy Football channel. And we have a lot of great things going on on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel. Check out our back episodes of the PCC Multiverse, Lakers Fast Break, There's been so much going on the past couple of weeks, and there's been so many people listening. We cannot truly thank you enough for doing so. But it wouldn't be a PCC multiverse without my good friend, he's our own elf warrior for Pop Culture Cosmos. You got to check out what he's doing today at popculturecosmos.com, his great show Topic Eclipse, and of course his book, which you can get on Amazon and also Barnes & Noble, and that is Congratulations, You Suck. Or hey, it's even for the Kindle and Nook, too, at a very cheap price. It is, my good friend. It is, Josh Peterson. What's up, man? Elf Warrior. Just,
4: uh, you know, getting my bow and arrow out, bleaching my hair blonde, doing flips off horses and things. You know, doing elf stuff.
0: What is your dexterity? Or what is your constitution?
4: You know, I've been putting more points into accuracy these days. So health and accuracy are really important to me. So is stealth. So dexterity and constitution and health, you know, those are kind of my neglected stats these days.
0: Well, fair enough, because we are going to be talking some Dungeons and Dragons because Curtis Watkins is going to be by talking to not only myself, but Octavio Gomez from Go Brothers Gaming. He's going to talk to us about getting into, in the case of Octavio Gomez for the first time, and myself after many, many years of getting back into Dungeons & Dragons, he's going to help ease that transition for us. He's going to give us some advice on what to look for, where to go. And anybody out there who's thinking about it, now that there's some extra time in your hands, about getting back into the world of Dungeons & Dragons, he's going to explain why now is a great time, and also, well, where are the places you can go to get some help into getting into the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Plus, Brad Campbell from the Watchers Movie Reviews Podcast that's available now everywhere you get your podcasts. He stopped by to talk some movies. And in fact, not only the movies that he's excited for that's been delayed, but yet he's very excited for coming up down the road. We're also going to talk a little bit more about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where these movies are lining up. Black Widow, The Eternals, Shang-Chi, Doctor Strange 2. But also a little bit on the fact that 2021 is going to be the biggest gamble yet for Marvel. So we'll touch more on that later in the program as well. Plus, Josh and I are going to be talking about on the back end of the show about a Hunger Games prequel. And if we're excited for it, and also the Final Fantasy VII remake that he's been going through, he's going to share his thoughts on that as well. But first, my friend, I want to ask you this when it comes to video games. A lot of people are playing video games right now because they're stuck at home, stay-at-home orders, things of that nature. They're playing a lot more video games, and in a time where there's a lot of bad things going on and we're hearing nothing but bad news left and right, is this outlet of video games come at something that we can go ahead and explore a lot more these days?
4: You know, it's crazy to me that all the people who would like say, oh, you need to go get a job, or video games are for kids – they're sitting there playing video games now. And it's thanks to games like Animal Crossing, where you can just kind of sit down and play casually, no stress involved. You can go fishing, you can build things like people like that kind of game. So it's kind of showing what the market is for certain demographics of people. And it's also cool. You know, you look at things like Final Fantasy seven. You can't find that game anywhere right now. Square cannot ship them out fast enough. You go to any store and it's sold out everywhere. So there is like the people who even if, if you're someone who has not played games in a long time right now, you are playing games. You just you can't help it. And and even like Nintendo Switches, right? You can't find them anywhere. Nintendo even has like the demand for them is so high. And Nintendo has shut down their factories right now because of the whole COVID-19 thing. So they're not producing any more units. So people are... You know are are literally like waiting outside stores to buy video games. It's crazy. we haven't seen things like this in a very long time because people can't buy things online anymore, so they're lining up outside of stores to get games and consoles and and everything. It's nuts.
0: there's such a pent up demand for video games at this point in time,
4: yeah, you know, and I'm starting to rethink the whole thing where gamestop people have been telling gamestop that games aren't an essential business. It seems like right now like this is what's keeping people clinging to their sanity. You know, everyone's, I was looking back in uh, Huntington Beach, you know, people are protesting having to stay indoors, yet a lot of people in California that I know are sitting there playing games. That's how they're passing the time. That's how they're keeping their sanity while they're locked up in their houses. And, you know, I'm looking at this, I'm starting to rethink GameStop's stance on being an essential business. I think that gaming is, while it's not essential to survival, it is like, this is what people want. Like it has created a market for games that simply just was not there before.
0: And it does look like that, at least for the short term, video games are getting a boost. Now in the long term, it might be a problem because as you know our society tries to go back and have some semblance of normalcy, there's still going to be a lot of people out of work, still a lot of people that are going to be short on income later in the holidays. And wouldn't you know during the holiday season, as of now, Still expected to come out is the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. And the reason why I'm mentioning the PlayStation 5 in particular is that there are recent reports that Sony themselves are saying that they are going to have a limited supply of PlayStation 5s available over the course of the first six months to possibly even up to the first year that the unit is out and about into the wild out there and there could be only a limited number, maybe say four, even 5 million. And that to me is a very undersized supply that can meet the demand, even at the high price point, which is rumored to be as high, rumored to be as high as 550, could be as low as 450. But still, even if that's the case, the price structure and the availability to me is a miss on both parts. I will just go ahead and tie it up in a question like this. Is it a mistake for PlayStation to come out with a PlayStation 5 at this time? Wouldn't it be better if they held off for maybe a year until holiday 2021?
4: Well, you know, that's an interesting question because they have not been very forward with their marketing. They have not really been marketing. And, you know, in addition to them saying, hey, we're going to put out a limited number of consoles, they're also saying that this might not even be like the full specs of the playstation we might re-spec it after all the parts become readily available again so between you know getting a lesser console and then having such a limited run if they're going to come out the door swinging at 600 dollars, that kind of ruin i mean it, it doesn't give me a lot of faith in the product itself they're going to be charging a lot of money for a product that might not even be that good might not be something produced to the best of their ability and that's what concerns me that's what makes me not want to buy a playstation i do really want to buy an Xbox and they are, you know, they've come out saying, you know, they're fully backing their product as of right now. We haven't heard anything about part shortages or anything like that, but yeah, it's just like hearing these different things coming from Sony, it is it is concerning, especially if you're going, you know, not a lot of people have the money to spend on consoles and they probably won't come the release of the consoles during the holiday season. So if you're going to be dropping that money, it's going to be, you want something of quality. You don't want something that's going to be like, oh, hey, six months from now, there's a pro version coming out or there's a you know there's a king or queen version, whatever PlayStation's calling their stuff these days. That is concerning to me.
0: Well, I think it's going to be a problem that PlayStation has to address if you're not going to be able to go ahead and meet demand, even at a higher price point. And I know it's kind of like a, a double standard. I'm saying, well, Not only is it going to be shorter product, but it's going to be a higher price. The PlayStation fans will want to go ahead and buy a PlayStation no matter what the cost. And they'll go ahead and spend it on the PlayStation 5, but they won't be able to get it. But to the general consumer out there buying at this holiday season, they may stray away from it because of limited funds and the higher price point of the PlayStation 5. That could also leave an opening for the Xbox Series X to say, hey, you know what? we've got a more powerful console and we could go ahead and if they they go and undercut the playstation 5 with the price point that could be a double-edged sword right there that really sticks it in the side of playstation for at least the first year or so
4: that's a very good point you know and uh, with like the limited numbers and like it's sad to me that playstation has such a big fan base that people will go out and spend that money on day one and it's i don't think that i feel like it's kind of a disservice to fans you know what i mean i i agree with what you're saying it would be better for them almost to just wait you know and have their own console release day because usually these consoles come out within a week of each other if not on the same day just because they're competing so hard so i i just i i feel like it would be better to wait until you have a great product something you're proud of something you don't have to look at and say hey three months from now we're going to release, release a pro version just because we couldn't get all the parts we needed. Like, I feel like they're doing their fans a disservice by not putting out a quality product at launch and limiting the number of consoles available because I guarantee you that stores are going to be hiking the prices on
0: those. There'll be a lot of issues when both of those consoles come out, both the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. But PlayStation, at this point in time, Sony is already setting the system up for failure and whatever things that they did right on the playstation 4 they're not doing right so far when it comes to the playstation 5 and that i have great concerns with. as someone who is both the playstation and an xbox fan not as diehard as xbox as you my friend because you lean towards one way and you and i both know people here in las vegas that lean towards the other but it is something that if it's a good system People want to get a hold of it, but if they can't afford it or they can't find it, it's going to work both ways against Sony.
4: I completely agree with that. They have to have some kind of marketing strategy out there. And they're also like, I don't know with something this big and something this expensive, if they will be able to retain the love of fans should they fail them on launch.
0: What are your thoughts out there on what's going on with the PlayStation and also video games as a whole? Have you returned to the world of video games because of the situation that's gone on? Or are you playing more now than ever? We want to hear your thoughts. And also, on Sony's PlayStation 5, are you concerned about it being too expensive or it being unavailable within the first six months of launch? Share us your thoughts, PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Also as well, PopCultureCosmos, Humanity Media, and GameSource on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Well, coming up next, we've got Brad Campbell from Watchers Movie Reviews. He's going to stop by and talk about some of the movies that he's excited for that have been delayed, but also a conversation on the Marvel Cinematic Universe and where it's going from here. That's coming up right after the break. And after that, we're going to be talking some Dungeons & Dragons with Curtis Watkins and Octavio Gomez as well. This is the PCC Multiverse. For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here on the PCC Multiverse at this point in time, for the moviegoers that are out there, that they're getting some brief glimmer of hope. Certain states are trying to open up a little bit by little by little, and some of the things that may be opening up in the not-too-distant future are movie theaters, although no one can reasonably expect a large mass of theater openings for at least some time to come. So I think that's wise for many of these studios to go ahead and move off of the scheduled release dates for many of these more popular movies so that leaves the question where will these movies go and and what movies do we need to look forward to and here to answer some of those questions today is a great guest that i've got on cannot thank him enough for joining us if you go ahead and check out his awesome podcast it's the watchers movie reviews available today wherever you get your podcast you not only get great movie reviews, but deep insight into the entertainment realm, TV, movies, some great conversations right there for you. I've listened to a couple episodes already. Yes, they do talk about Tiger King. So I'll I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek on that one. It is a great show indeed. It is Brad Campbell. And Brad, I cannot thank you enough for being part of the program today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. As a movie fan or movie buff, per se, that you are, you've obviously been keeping an eye out on all these movies being shifted to either later this year or, in some cases, even a year away.
5: Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. I'm in a weird situation. As a huge movie fan, I'm also a dad, so I don't get to the theaters a whole lot to see the movies that I want to see. So in this situation, with all the going straight to video on demand and streaming, I'm getting to see a lot more things that I normally wouldn't get to see. Whenever they uh, started putting them all online, I ended up getting to see Emma, The Hunt, and Trolls World Tour, which my son loved. Funny enough, I was really wanting to see No Time to Die. I had never seen a James Bond movie. And that was the one that sold me on it. I was like, I'm ready for this. And sure enough, that was the one that (laughs) got pushed to another time.
0: It's being pushed back to November.
5: Speaking of films that you
0: are interested in, I know as someone who is as a big movie buff for you, are there any major film franchises that you have been like really high on that you are really waiting for films to come out to extend those film franchise series?
5: Yeah, I really wanted to see Black Widow. I thought it looked great. The addition of Taskmaster had me really excited because I wanted to see what they would do with him. In the Marvel Universe. Uh, you've seen some little teases in the trailer there, him using the different weapons and things, and I just I want to see how far they take him and if he's just going to be like a one-off villain or if he's going to be someone that'll be there throughout the rest of the MCU. When it comes to Black Widow, it's just something that I, I know you and I both
0: want to go ahead and see it. For me, it's just been that long-standing justification of something I've been saying for years that there should have been a Black Widow movie come out long time ago. It's way overdue. And in fact, the movie itself places it back in a a further time period just after Captain America Civil War. So it's something that it is long overdue. And I know a lot of people want to go ahead and see it. And again, that movie has been pushed back to November. So you're seeing the effect of what this unfortunate ordeal that we're going through is, is something that is very, very tragic, very sad for everyone involved not only because of the the loss of life and the illness and the whole nine yards but the way of life that has been adjusted for everyone and that includes going to the movies right the movies that are that have been pushed back you know everything from mulan to wonder woman to all the other great movies that are out there that are supposedly on the way i mean eternals the whole disney lineup the universal lineup we've we've seen all these movies taking shape that have been pushed back Is there one movie that you have in mind that hurt you the most when you were saying to yourself, Man, I really wanted to go see that now, and I'm really so disappointed in having it being pushed off?
5: It's probably Black Widow, but I was really excited to see Mulan too. Normally, the Disney remakes, I I can take them or leave them. This one actually had screenings and was getting pretty good reviews. People really seemed to enjoy it. So I was I was ready for it. And Mulan is one of my favorite Disney movies. I thought it was going to be great. So yeah, I was a little bummed that that one didn't end up coming out on time. And the interesting part is
0: anybody who saw it from a film reviewer standpoint, such as you are a movie reviewer and review many great movies, all the movie reviewers that did get a chance to see it on that opening night that they showcased it at, Can't say a word because of embargoes. They've seen it months ago, but cannot say a word until the actual movie comes out. So the irony there in that they want to tell you how good or not so good Mulan is, they can't unfortunately do that because the movie is not coming out anytime soon.
5: Right. And another one would be A Quiet Place 2. I love the first movie. I really like horror movies, so I was excited for that too. But like (laughs) everything else, we got to wait.
0: The bad part of it was John Krasinski and Emily Blunt were already doing press for that movie at the time that was pulled last minute by the studio. So it's something that they feel, the studio, when the studio decided to pull it and not go ahead and have it go straight to video or stay a week out in the theaters, that tells me that there's a lot of confidence in that film because it was such a big surprise hit the first time around. So I know a lot of people like yourself and my and everybody else that's very interested on it is creating that type of buzz for it. So it was something that I think a lot of, there's a lot more expectations this time around for A Quiet Place Part Two.
5: Yeah, that's right. And if the trailer's any indication, I think they'll probably nail those expectations.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. Before we head on out, I want to ask you one thing on this year, one thing on next year, and of course, tell everybody why your show The Watchers Movie Reviews podcast is such a great show that people need to check out every time you drop an episode. First one we'll deal with this year. And the best movie you have seen so far that has come out in this, I guess I could say, truncated
5: year so far. I would have to go with Onward, I think. Pixar movie. The trailer didn't really do it justice. It seemed like it was going to be like another... Good dinosaur, something like that. But great world building, and it's just a lot of fun. I really liked it. I think it's something that when it comes time to say this movie was a good movie for
0: this year, I definitely think that it's going to fall within that realm. Yeah, I agree. And for next year, is there any one movie that you know that's coming out next year or that got delayed to next year that is really something you are looking forward to see?
5: Has The Eternals been pushed to next year?
0: Yes, it has. Because Black Widow bumped it, right. and the Eternals bumped Shang-Chi, and
5: Shang-Chi bumped Doctor Strange too,
0: and so on and so forth.
5: <laughs> yeah, probably the Eternals. That would be my pick. I know nothing about the Eternals. That was the same thing going into Guardians of the Galaxy, and that ended up being one of my absolute favorites. I think it'll be all right. But I, I agree with you on the assessment that
0: because marvel has done so many things right with the marvel cinematic universe so far and especially when it comes to guardians of the galaxy that's a great correlation that many people including myself have made on this very show is that you know we didn't know anything going into guardians of the galaxy in fact a lot of comic book fans didn't know you know a lot about the guardians of the galaxy that were in the guardians of the galaxy because they were they were not even the most in many cases Readily used Guardians of the Galaxy as far as from the comic book. It's funny because this is now a point in time where we have so much faith in the Marvel Cinematic universe to do something quality that the Eternals, something that even with advanced notice and advanced teaching and advanced information to a general public out there, the general public for the most part is still going to say, Who are the Eternals? Just like you and I are saying, Who are the Eternals? Because I haven't read the series and I, it sounds like you, you know you like you said you you don't know much about them yet, it, it, but we have so much yeah. faith in Marvel that it is going to be an inevitability that a lot of people are still going to check it out just because Marvel has produced so many times before.
5: Exactly. On the topic of Marvel, I'm very excited for Doctor Strange too as well, especially now that Sam Raimi is going to be directing. It'd be interesting to see what he does with another comic book property. I would love Bruce Campbell to be the villain, but that's just me. Me too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think he's got it in for one more hit movie, personally.
5: For sure.
0: Sam Raimi, I couldn't agree with you more. His mind and the way it works, looks like to me it's going to be a great fit for Doctor Strange 2. I was worried, though, when it was in its original May slot, Scott Derrickson was continually boasting about how Doctor Strange 2 was going to be this first Marvel horror movie. And in the May slot, when you want your largest audience, when you get your largest audience in the May slot, late April, uh, early May slot, that to me sounded like it's a, a little bit concerning if you wanted to go over commercially, because then you can't, you know, family, if it's a horror movie, family, or anything resembling that, the family can't take the kids, et cetera, et cetera. And so you're, you know, you're almost undercutting yourself. So Disney may not be shedding too much of a tear by moving that to November, I believe, of next year. And in its place comes Shang-Chi, which has my co-host Josh and I also excited because the fact that this could be a really sweet kickoff on a worldwide basis of the Kung Fu genre that we haven't seen for a long time since maybe either when Jackie Chan movies started crossing over into the U.S., like when then he evolved into Rush Hour or whatnot, or when that great movie, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon came. So I want to hear your thoughts. Now that Shang-Chi is in what is traditionally the highest grossing period of the year, what does that say for you as far as maybe seeing Shang-Chi, you know, in the Marvel, the Kung Fu genre being put in that kind of limelight?
5: I think it's great. To be honest, I'm not a huge Kung Fu guy. I haven't seen a lot of the movies. I do like them, but I... Yeah, I would be very interested. I hope that's what happens because with technology and just the level of film and everything today, a new kung fu movie could be pretty great. You see glimpses of it in things like John Wick, I guess, with the fight style and things like that. But to really like dive into it, get some real good kung fu movies, I- I'm all for it. I think it'd be great. Hopefully Marvel goes heavy on the kung fu with Shang-Chi as well. I certainly hope so as well and this coming year 2021 will probably
0: be the biggest gamble of a year for Disney and Marvel Studios because you have not only one but but two unproven properties both getting very big spotlights next year in the Eternals and Shang-Chi and on top of that later in the year you have that Marvel you know especially with Sam Raimi now involved too uh, in PG-13 some type of scary horror-type elements in it that they haven't done before in a Marvel movie. And that, to me, is something that is going to be leading into something next year where Disney and Marvel is taking big gambles at various points of time of the year. And this could be, like I said, the biggest gamble that Marvel has ever made with the three films they've got coming out next year.
5: Yeah, that's right. I think you're spot-on with that. Yeah, because nobody knows who these people are for the most part. So hopefully people still pay attention. I'm sure once they see that big shiny Marvel logo on everything, they'll still flock to the theaters and watch it anyway. Like you said, it's been proven. They've done such a great job. So we got to go on
0: faith. And if we are, Marvel's a great place to start. Again, I'm speaking to Brad Campbell from the Watcher Movie Reviews podcast. You got to check it out everywhere you get your podcasts. But I've said some great things about it, and I just gave it five stars on Apple Podcasts. But don't hear it just from me. I want to hear it from you. Tell everybody out there why people need to check out the Watchers Movie Reviews Podcast.
5: Yeah, what makes us a little different is my co-host, Colson and I, we pick a genre every week. So it could be dinosaurs, it could be 90s comedies. We did Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, and then we each pick a film from that genre. And we both break them down and review them. Coulson, he's completely at the opposite end of the spectrum. He hated Parasite. He hated Jojo Rabbit, two of my favorite films of last year. So we get into arguments all the time about <laughs> what is a good movie and what's not. We always have some bonus content. It's either news, top 10 list, things like that. And we're constantly putting out new content. We're <laughs> having a lot of fun doing it. So. We're both movie lovers. We're both dads that <laughs> have small children. So we end up seeing a lot of kids' movies and things like that, too. Um, we have something for everybody. I'll tell
0: you what, I agree with you on Parasite. It was my number two movie of last year, just behind the farewell. That was a great movie as well. Yes, yes. Loved Aquafina's performance, best performance last year overall. Uh, and then, uh, uh, you know, when it comes to Jojo Rabbit, a very solid movie as well. I enjoyed that. Definitely some good picks there. So you can tell him I said that, that I thought your picks were really solid there. But again, it's the Watcher Movie Reviews podcast. You got to check it out today. And it's on all podcast formats. Yes. Yes, it is. Well, I'll tell you what, Brad, it's just been great talking to you about movies. You're welcome back anytime to talk shop when it comes to the movie industry and anything you're seeing as far as what's good, what's not so good, what's out there. When we finally get back into the theaters, hopefully that's sooner rather than later, we'd love to talk shop with you again about what's going on in the world of movies. Can't wait. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being again a part of the pop culture cosmos. And coming up next, it is Curtis Watkins and Octavio Gomez. Curtis is stopping by to talk to us about Dungeons & Dragons. And is it the right time to get into it for fans out there that are looking to get into it for the first time? or coming back to it from a long time ago. That's coming up right after the break. This is the PCC Multiverse. Get ready for
3: Kitty Origins Evolutions, the latest documentary from Rob McCallum. Order the DVD, Blu-ray, and live CD triple pack that features recordings from throughout their 20-year illustrious history from RobMcCallumFilms.com. RobMcCallumFilms.com, your place for awesome stories about awesome people and
0: films worth watching. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. So you want to get into Dungeons & Dragons... It's something that has been going around as a staple of pop culture for decades now. And on the Wayback Machine, this guy right here played it for a little while. He got a taste of it. But life got into the way. And decades later, Josh and I were talking about maybe going into it. We talk about it. We talk about it. We talk about it. Well, there's no more excuses for anyone out there that wants to get into Dungeons & Dragons. You have the time on your hands and there's so many great people and so many great organizations out there that are willing to help you as a new player or as a returning player get into Dungeons and Dragons. And there's going to be two great guests with me right now. One is, first off, Curtis Watkins. I met him on one of the great Facebook groups and I want to give them a big shout out right now because they've been such a great part of what's going on here. And since I'm based in Vegas, I thought I reached out to them first, and it's the Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, and Henderson, Dungeons & Dragons, All Levels Welcome public group on Facebook. Curtis, it's great to have you on the program.
1: Hey there, guys. How you doing tonight?
0: And as a new player, because I am the returning player after decades, almost got the wipe off the cobwebs and all that. <laughs> <laughs> the new player, the new all is a good man indeed. He's one half. Of the Go Brothers gaming duo between him and his brother, it is Octavio Gomez. Octavio, great to have you back on once again. Appreciate you going and in, into this venture with me on this. You're as, as excited as I am to get back into or to get into Dungeons yeah. and Dragons.
2: Yeah, I've uh, never fully had the experience of playing it, but I've always heard lots of great things, and you know, it's become such a like staple in recent like media. Like you see it. Every- well, I mean, it's always been, but back and you know it's, it's kind of shedding
0: its light a little bit more and i'm ready to get into it well curtis i want to ask you that because you, you know you said just getting back into it too a little bit ahead of us but it has you know in the 90s and the 2000s it actually did go i didn't say it, you know it 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 went behind the scenes a little bit it it was still there there was still a, a hardcore audience that was following it but I think it took the, the advent of streaming and Twitch to bring it back into light. Podcasts, which are all over the place now, hopefully even ours will get to go ahead and broadcast games uh, that are going on in detail. I mean, now it is, I, I'm going to say this, it's more popular than ever. Well, I think that
1: to a certain degree, it's always been around. It's just, there's a great book out there that I just got after i got back into gaming in the game itself it's called art and arcana and it's 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 published by wizards of the coast and dungeons and dragons and it's a complete artistic history from first edition to now and it also explains the ups and downs of the company and the game and and what's happened the whole time has been out for the last 50 years and it's it's very intriguing to read because the reasons why the 90s different in the 2000s and you might think it was underground because TSR at the time was trying to get into the electronic age and get their game out there and get more people interested in a different way because everyone's on their computers more that's where you got stuff like Baldur's Gate Forgotten Realms that kind of thing and those games that if you're gaming in the 90s and 2000s online you're you're kind of familiar with that because that was RPG games at the time. And that's where they were trying to get their foothold in there. So it was always around. It just was in a different form.
0: And, and I agree with you. I mean, like you said, that pen and paper roll the dice RPG type scenario did transfer itself over in the nineties to what Apple and um, common or Amiga and the early Bobby PCs. Did, all that, yeah. Exactly. So it transferred into that format and people started following it there uh, but the game itself, as far as the tabletop RPG version, was always there in the background, just waiting to come out and be a great part of pop culture again. And in the past decade, like I said, with the with the onset of Twitch and streaming, it's, just be, it's gotten a higher profile than ever before, and it's just great to see. Now, a lot of people are getting into it. A lot of people are interested. A lot of people just have fun listening and watching the games as they go on. I can tell cool you- role. Yes. exactly is a
1: very good example of that yes
0: so i can just tell you right now that you know the last time i played back in the 80s late 80s i had a just a great time And i was telling octavio this earlier that i'm going to say at that time i was one of those players the guys and gals who would deviate from the actual campaign that was going on where it went into a mono a mono type war type detail as far as Whose 10,000 minions can defeat the other 10,000 minions? So while we're rolling dice to try to beat each other, the DM is looking with the eyes of death going, you know what, (laughs) I think I should just go ahead and knock you both out of the game. So, uh, But you know what, I was probably as good as laugh as I've ever had. It was a great time indeed. And I'm looking forward to getting back into it with the whole community now. And we were just overwhelmed at the support both Octavio and I got into it. What were the steps that you took in getting back into it?
1: Well, it started with my brother and I, who many moons ago when we were 12 and 13 and spending all our summers in Las Vegas in between school. And there were two things we were doing. We were going swimming and then we were going in the garage and playing Dungeons and Dragons. We had the red box from 1983, with all that beautiful art with the dragon and the fighter coming out with the sword. You're thinking, what's going to happen? So we spent many, 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 many days for a few years playing that game and we still laugh about it. I killed my brother's fighter off or some, I forget which character it was. He had gotten to like 15th level and I rolled the dice and I said, sorry, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no. And I think we stopped playing after that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we started talking about it the last six months or so because his son was in, was interested in it and my stepdaughter was very interested in the whole lore and the way it works and the combat and the, and the world building and all that stuff. So that's when we decided, hey, we're going to look into this and see what's involved. And we looked into the books and then we just went ahead and went full bore got the new rule books and we got the we got a got a couple with the starter kit and the essentials kit and we've got so much stuff now to play with that it's it's crazy and honestly we both sit there now and look at all the stuff out there now that you can do to enhance the game between soundboards between dry erase maps between just all kinds of character sheets that just make it easy you don't have to write it out it's all right there ready to go for you if we had all this stuff when we were 13 years old we would never have gotten out and met new people. We just would have been stuck in the garage the whole time.
0: That can't necessarily be a bad thing now, mind you. Yeah,
1: and that's the funny thing about nowadays. Like, we've gone full circle. We have all this technology. Everybody's so detached. They're all in their phones. They're kind of doing their own thing. And I honestly looked at it like a moment to where we could sit with my brother, who I don't see all that often, and our kids, and get them together. And everybody has to talk. Everybody has to feel things out. Everybody has to sit there and say things and do things and roll dice and and interact it's very opposite of what the world is now and that's what's the amazing thing i think about the appeal about dungeons and dragons even though it's on twitch and it's on on youtube and you can do it like remotely i think the biggest appeal is to be able to sit down with people you don't see all the time and interact in a way that you normally won't do anymore like that's gone by the wayside. Now you're trying to get that back in the home or into your into your relationships with your friends or whoever.
0: Well, Octavio, I know you've got a question for Curtis to ask because it's a brand new brand spanking new player. I know there's a lot of things going through your mind and I know that you got a lot of questions asked. But let's hear what you have to say as far as talking about getting into Dungeons and Dragons. Give us me, cool. Octavio. Let's go.
2: As you said before about your step out, I was kind of also interested in like the world building because, you know, I know they have the books and they kind of explain a little bit what happens in the background, but I'm not too sure how that works.
1: Well, it's not a little bit, honestly, because there's first the core rule books between those players handbook, the Dungeon Master's Guidebook and the Monster Manual. You can get lost in those books for weeks or months. And then there's the the modules out there that are out there. You have so many pre-drawn adventures that you can just get into to see how it's done before you even decide to world build on your own i haven't done that in a long time as far as making my own. i did that when i was a kid but i haven't done it so long that i'm trying to get my my juices flowing again but wizards of the coast gives you every opportunity to do anything you want with maps and the lore they have backgrounds they have years they have the time of the month they've got holidays they've got everything you could possibly want to have in your own world when you get to that point but if you just want to dig in and just get a get a game going they make it super simple that way also between the essentials kit and the starter kit they have two very great adventures already mapped out tell you what to do give you maps get into the game figure it out and and the thing is that that's the wonder about d d ever since we were kids it's all about what you want to make it how you want to react because the rules are just there to keep people from going off the rails otherwise you can do whatever you want
2: that's honestly amazing that's kind of what's sort of been bringing me to it i've always felt like it kind of has a a nostalgic feeling reminiscent of like maybe couch co-op like i I used to you know play that a lot with my my siblings or my cousins and it was it was really a really great time and I, I think that kind of interaction can
1: bring back that feeling almost right and then you can take those worlds that they give you and you build on them and then you can implement other things you can take elements from conan's world or you can take elements from game of thrones world you can do all that kind of stuff it doesn't matter they give you the means and so many monsters and so many different races and classes and all this stuff in multi-class it's just endless you can i'm so deep in the weeds now than i ever have been since i was a kid that it's it's ultimately mind-boggling the the different ways
0: you can go in this game well that's one of the things i wanted to ask you because it can be intimidating and it can be overwhelming and i'm going to be honest with you on that and that's probably part of the reasons why i didn't get back into it as quickly as i should have and octavio who's been on the outside looking in maybe it's been that type of scenario where octavio i don't want to speak for you but was there an intimidation factor or did you feel like you would be overwhelmed i'd say so i feel like it's a whole skill to kind of develop
2: especially because i'm not really much of a like statistical kind of guy and i know you got to kind of build your character in that way sometimes and i'm not too great at that sometimes it's a little intimidating yeah still
1: well i think that between the starter kit and the essentials kit, which is a little box kit, you can go out You get it less than $20. It has everything you need to do for an adventure that lasts from two to four months, honestly. It really can't. You, you get a group of four or five people, and you can make, if you just get together once a week, you could definitely take two to three months to get through either adventure. And the starter kit's the better one. The essentials kit gives you a little more, but they both explain... The rules to you in a way to where you just want to get up and go. They give you a quick build on each character. It's just like any other video game. You just the once you get the statistics and the the way you know okay this works with this and how everything is kind of coalescent. It's great if you don't want to be a dungeon master. That's fine. Just be a player. Read up on the players. Find a person who can run a game and be a dungeon master, and then in you go. And you don't have to be a dungeon master to do this game. You can just get the essentials kit, move on to the players' handbook, move on. Just be a player. It's just as fun as I wish I could have just be a player. I was going back into this going, I don't want to DM anymore. I want to be a player. Nobody wanted to DM, so I ended up doing it again.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it takes a certain kind of uh, genius to do it. Um, I, you know, and I and praise not so you. Genius,
1: but, <laughs> you know, maybe just a, a will to 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 look the fool or look goofy and just do your thing, and you know, that's all you got to do to be a dungeon master. Honestly.
0: Well, okay, so let's say somebody is going to go in right now, like us. What would be the first thing that you would recommend? The first, you know, if they were running, I don't want to say a checklist per se, but the first things that they would want to go ahead and do or check out before they go knee deep into it.
1: Get the starter kit and maybe get the essentials kit. Both of them actually play within the same map realm in the same area in the same town. You're going to have the same hometown in both those games that will take up your time for a minute. And as soon as you feel like you want more knowledge, then you can go out and get the, the bigger books. But if you get one or both of those kits, you're going to be set for a minute. They both tell you how to how to roll up characters. They both tell you how to run the game. They both come with dice. They both come with character sheets. Honestly, I think the Essentials Kit gives you a little more freedom and a little more leeway in creating your characters. And the Starter Kit is just a, more of a better adventure, but a quicker, like, ready, steady, go, ready to go, like, like pre-made character sheets already. So it just depends. I mean, if you want both options, you're not going to be out more than 30 bucks for both of them. And you're going to have every option you want.
0: And then also what was first recommended to me and also recommended when I see on these Facebook boards, especially like the one that we joined is a roll 20 account. And also if you don't have it already, a discord account, how do those two entities really help players especially getting into it with other players as far as a good game setting is concerned so right now a
1: friend of mine is is dming for the first time he's never dm before and he's like me we're the same age we play at the same time but he never got to dm before so i said to him hey you want to try it out let me know so he went ahead and got an account got on roll 20 that's where you can see the maps that's where you can see your players, that's where you have tokens, that's where you keep track of your hit points and your character sheets. Discord just allows you to have a voice channel that's uninhibited by, say, the server on Roll20. It's Just two different things you can roll simultaneously, no big deal. But if you want to role play and play from home and not have to get together, this has been the best scenario I've seen so far. And you could probably get a lot more sophisticated with cameras above board. You have to draw your own maps and have an overhead camera on your table and throw that on um, another type of server with Twitch. Exactly. That's that's what I was trying to think of. Twitch would be able to allow you to do that and and use Twitch as completely your own type of format. But if you don't have Twitch, then Roll20 and Discord allows you to combine your voice and then actually using maps on a screen so everybody can interact with that.
0: I can see why, because it's become very popular from what I was able to look at. And if it's free account, I sent, you know, Discord's free. Start off with Roll20, it's free. So, I mean, there's really getting into it is is, uh, going to be a lot of fun. Just people have to take that plunge. And obviously, this is for the local gaming community here in Las Vegas. That's how I wanted to interact first. But there are groups out there on Facebook, Discord wherever you want to go twitter out there that will help you get started within the realm of dungeons and dragons
1: everybody's very cool with just getting new people involved because honestly when it comes to this game the more people the merrier it's great you have different opportunities to try different characters out or different adventures and that's what everybody wants to do everybody wants to try out a little bit of everything and it allows, that Facebook's page allows you to find places if you wanted to meet up and not at someone's house, like some game shops. There's at least four or five of them in town that I've seen that have the facilities for being able to do that.
2: I think that kind of freshness that everyone new can bring to the game kind of keeps up with its longevity for how long it's lasted. And you know what? I think people kind of search out that feeling still a lot, which is I think why I, uh, this game has definitely made its way back into the spotlight in re- more recent times.
1: That's definitely, I mean, the artwork they put into these these books and the the lore and the and the monsters, it's just, there's just I just sit around and read a book every other day for, for 10 or 12 pages. And then I go to bed and I'm just like, wow, this is crazy stuff going on. It's more than I could ever imagine from 40 years ago. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, there's a lot to think about my friend, and I just truly appreciate you educating us on how to get things started. But if you were to give one last bit of advice to the noob here in Octavio and the old returning warrior here in myself, emphasis on old, I wanted to ask you, basically, what would be the one bit of advice to make sure that that both of us have at least a good start into the world of Dungeons and Dragons?
1: I mean, if you know, I mean, if, if you're lucky enough to have some friends or family that have the same passion or, or interest in doing this game, then by all means get together, get around a table, get four or five or six of you and just, you know, have a session zero, create your characters together, create your backstories that gives them life. Backstories give everything life. If you want to get into miniatures, which I've been doing, go for it. It helps out with a tactile visual for it. And just dive in and there's honestly no wrong way to do it. I mean, if you got someone that wants to DM and reads up on it, and then you guys start out and you take a little chunk off that first adventure, just do the first one. It's with the first little quest on it. And then you're gonna be in there and you're gonna get it just like that. And you're gonna wanna do it more the
0: next week. Well, I'll tell you what, Curtis, Octavio and I are gonna go ahead and get involved and get our feet into the waters of Dungeons & Dragons. We're going to be setting up some games here in the near future. I'd love to go ahead and record it so our listeners can listen to what it sounds like. So I'd love to get the opportunity to do that. Obviously you've been a great help in coordinating that as well. As far as the posts that I put on there and, and speaking out on it, you were the first to do it. And I want to thank you for doing so again. It's been a great community to deal with here. And if anybody is in and around the Las Vegas Clark County, North Las Vegas, Henderson area, and they want to get into Dungeons and Dragons, the first place you want to go to for advice is the Las Vegas, North Las Vegas, Henderson, Dungeons and Dragons, all levels welcome public group on Facebook. Or if you're not from around here, just type in Dungeons and Dragons and look for the groups on Facebook. There's a lot of great groups. There's, there's always someone saying, hey, I'm a new person. I'm a new player. I really want to get into it. And there's a ton of people who, willing to help you out that want to go ahead and from all parts of the world get you involved in the world of Dungeons and Dragons.
2: Definitely the reception in that group has just been amazing Uh, There was uh, probably over about 30 comments on your post like in about maybe a day or two and that's amazing you know being in part of the gaming community in Las Vegas you know I'm a part of a lot of those gaming groups and yeah I'll see quite a few of those
1: posts but I've never seen like a reception like that. They're pretty awesome on that page. And honestly, I mean, just like myself, I've run into friends I've known for years. That all of a sudden are coming and going, you
0: play Dungeons and Dragons. I did, too. Let's get back into it. You just never know. It's just one of those things. Well, I'll tell you what. It's just been so great. You helping us getting us started and back into the world of Dungeons and Dragons. We're going to be playing our first games here, hopefully within the next week, two weeks or so. We're going to go ahead and hopefully document as best we can and every step of the way, hopefully people will continue to observe what's going on. And if if you are out there and you want to be a part of of Dungeons and Dragons, now is the time to do it. Because of unfortunate circumstances and everybody's staying at home, we wish everybody to be safe and healthy out there. But you know what? Try to make the best thing. People are looking for things to do. People are looking for things to try and a lot of us out there are either going into things for the first time or coming back to things that we haven't done in a long time. And one of those things should be Dungeons and & Dragons. And Curtis, I appreciate so much your words of, of encouragement for us and helping us get back into it. And Octavio Skates getting into it because it's certainly something that the time is right for us and it's about time we get into some Dungeons & Dragons.
1: It's more than worth it. You'll get a lot out of it. You'll spend a lot of time just maybe even finding things about yourself that you didn't even know when you get into role playing
0: oh my gosh uh, <laughs> there's a lot of things i might not need to know when it comes to myself <laughs> once again i'm speaking to curtis Watkins. i'm also here with octavio gomez dungeons and dragons it's a great adventure and i hope everyone out there gets a chance to listen to our adventures as we head off into the world of Dungeons and dragons right here on the pop culture and Brad Campbell from Watcher's Movie Reviews. Cannot thank all three individuals enough for being a part of today's program. Be sure, if you can, if you really like what the stuff we do, subscribe to our show. Give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. So we we truly appreciate anything you do for us right here at the the Pop Culture Cosmos and all of our other great shows. And again, if you get a chance, topic Topicocalypse or also Josh's book, Congratulations, You Suck, get that today at Barnes & Noble. And Amazon. But before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and ask you real quick. Speaking of books, like your fine book, Congratulations, You Suck, you will see that online right now on Amazon at Barnes and Noble. But one of the other book series you might see is The Hunger Games. And The Hunger Games, I believe by Lionsgate, and they have announced that they're going back into the world of The Hunger Games. And surprise, 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 you know, I made a ton of money before with the previous movies, so where can you go from here since it already has concluded? You go back in time with the Hunger Games prequel. Is this a good move for Lionsgate? And also, is this something that a lot of fans like you or me would return to into the world of the Hunger Games?
4: The Hunger Games is something I never got on board for until it came out until like the the second or third movie came out to stream on on demand or Voodoo or wherever I watched it. But from what I understand, like the people I've talked to, they really enjoy the book. Suzanne Collins, really talented author. But The Hunger Games was just one of those things. You know, when someone tells you to watch something over and over again, you're like, oh, fine, I'll get to it eventually. That was how I felt with Hunger Games. But after watching it, like, they're really good movies. They're really well put together. They're faithful adaptations. I did really enjoy them. Would I go back and watch a prequel? You know, I've kind of talked to you before about my thoughts on prequels, right? Like, I don't like going backwards with stories. You know, Star Wars was kind of the exception for me because I was a kid. You know, I had never had that Star Wars experience like my parents had had. But I don't like to move backwards with stories, you know, unless it serves a purpose, and it's tying into something that's coming out after the main series, I can't go back. Like, I don't like to go back. So would I go back to watch a prequel? I don't know. It would really have to have something that would pull me in as somebody who is not, like, a super fan of the series. How do you feel about it, though? Like, are your daughters into Hunger Games? Like, is this something that you have enjoyed with them or something you just enjoyed by yourself? What are your thoughts on it?
0: I have watched it mainly with my wife because my wife is a huge fan of the series and she's just starting to get my daughters into it. My daughters have watched uh, a couple of the movies, and they're actually going to read the books very soon because we have them here at the house. I thought, for the most part, most of the films were pretty good. It's just that they really never, like yourself, captured me in a way that some other film franchises really have. What are your thoughts out there on The Hunger Games going back in time for a prequel? or possibly even more than one movie in the Hunger Games series. Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, it's been a great episode, but before we head on out, I know, Josh, you wanted to go ahead and relate your experiences on something that I've been wanting to talk about and wanting to hear about, and that is the remake for one of the greatest games in recorded history for the video game industry, and that is Final Fantasy VII. And that's not just me saying it because I'm a big fan or anything like that. It's because I have an ultimate amount of respect for it, because I've heard so much praise over the years for this game. So now that you've actually delved into the world or the remade world of Final Fantasy 7, once again, what's it like for you the second time around? This
4: was a game that like I've been really excited about for a long time, but I have just gotten to sit down and play it this week. And I'll be honest, like it's fantastic. It took everything I loved about Final Fantasy fifteen, like the battle system, you know, the updated graphics and just like the the being able to have different characters do different things, having your summons fight alongside you. They took all that stuff and they just they made it so much better. They made it something that like I would have never even envision this being a thing back when I played the original. They've taken small story beats and expanded them to like two or three hour ordeals. So far, I've only played through the slums in Midgar, you know, and that was someplace I you probably in the original game only spent two or three hours in and they've made it almost an entire game. So they've done a great job with that. They've done a great job creating meaningful side quests and, and developing relationships with characters that weren't there before.
0: It's been something that I think a lot of people have been waiting for, and it has been in development limbo for quite some time. And now that it's out, a lot of people are enjoying it. And finally, at the tail end of this console generation, they get the version of Final Fantasy VII that they've always wanted. What are your thoughts out there on the Final Fantasy VII Remake? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com, or also as well, popculturecosmos, Humanica Media, and gamesource on facebook twitter and instagram as well well my friend it's been a great episode cannot thank you enough for being a part of it looking forward to the show on monday and again if you get a chance listen to all of our other great shows a lot of stuff going on on the inside sports fantasy football and lakers fast break programs any last thoughts on the way out
4: no i mean i think we covered everything if you're one of the people who have downloaded one of our latest episodes and you're you're giving us this this big spike in uh, listeners we really appreciate it you know we've been doing this for a long time so it's nice to see a lot of people are listening in if you have any questions for us send us an email at popculturecosmosyahoo.com. at yahoo.com we'd be more than happy to answer your questions on air if you have any topic ideas for us you know we we'd love to throw some ideas around just send us an email communicate with us we are grateful for the listening
0: we're also grateful for the great response in regards to dungeons and dragons Looking forward to stepping into that world once again. So for Josh Peterson, this is Gerald Glassberg. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a uh, great.
3: hitchhiker's guide to podcasting has this to say about the weekly earth station one podcast mildly entertaining not nearly as exciting as the popping of bubble wrap but slightly better than listening to Vogon poetry be mildly entertained by mike and mike as they tackle an assortment of geeky topics each week check out the earth station one podcast and let your inner geek out to play